Welcome to the St. John's Hoxton podcast. We are a local church in East London, here to be a beacon of hope for Hoxton. And our mission is to worship God, make disciples, share Jesus and transform Hoxton. Good morning. Let's, let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you that your spirit is here. May my lips speak your words. May your words touch our hearts today so that we can glorify your holy and precious name. Amen. Morning to everyone here in the building and everyone watching online at home. So Psalm 62. As mentioned in some of the more recent um, talks on the Psalms, they can, there's a theme running through they can be a helpful set of maps that they can guide us through life's journeys of highs and lows that we all have. And that's certainly true for this psalm. I also see this psalm as a bit of poetry as well. There's a lot of repetition in it when you read it. And that's, that's quite interesting too. So why did I choose this psalm out of the 150 that I could have chosen? Well, this one is believed to have been written by by David. And like many of us, David had lots of challenges in his life. When he was young, he was a young shepherd boy. He became king, a powerful king. And all along, he had lots of different challenges and troubles. So being a Christian doesn't actually mean that we are exempt from life storms we will absolutely face life storms. That's a guarantee. But knowing, knowing that God is with us is really important. So there have been many times in my life when I faced challenging situations. And there's one specific situation in my life. I was made redundant in 2012. And, as part, and this was part of the ongoing financial services challenge. There was a crash in 2008 and the repercussions were felt for a number of years. And that was a particularly difficult time for me. I provided the main source of income for my family. So the uncertainty and the instability was, was really difficult. It was a huge burden on me personally. I had a two-year-old son and I had to provide for him. The job market was really uncertain. It took me far longer to find a job than I had planned for or I had thought. So lots of things going on at that time for me. Very stressful, very difficult. It's funny how sometimes we think that we're in control of our lives. And every day we think we're in the driving seat. Today, I'm going to choose what I'm having for breakfast. Today, I'm going to do this. Today, I'm going to spend time with my family. Today, I'm going to make an important decision. When I look back at my situation in 2012, it reminds me that I definitely was not in control. Sometimes, it only takes one thing. One thing for God to remind us that we're not in control. And God certainly reminded me when I was busy, and we do, we do like busyness in life, I was caught up with life. He reminded me to trust in him wholeheartedly, to trust in his constant and steadfast love. So let's take a closer look at Psalm 62. 
it comes from a time of trouble for David. As I said, he grew up in, through a lot of trouble. He was a shepherd boy. He faced Goliath. He became a powerful king. He faced lots of different battles along the way. But right now, he's surrounded by enemies trying to usurp him, trying to usurp his power. He could be in physical danger. He could be in reputational danger. So verse 1 to 2, truly, my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. So when David's in trouble, he turns to God first in his difficulty and makes this declaration. Now, I never really used to pay that much attention to the first pass of verse 1. But every time I've read it, new pieces of information are revealed to me. For example, the word rest. That's become quite important to me and significant, especially over the last 18 months of the pandemic. Now, the Hebrew word for rest conveys the idea of silence, of being still, of quiet, of being at peace. So when I'm facing a difficult situation, my stress levels just increase dramatically. I might get a bit shouty, so my husband would say. I might have anxiety, I'm going to be distracted, and I'm not able to focus on the task ahead and what I need to do. And that's me trying to deal with the stress of the issue at hand. Now, this tends to be a physiological response to stress. I experience an increase in adrenaline pumping through my body. My body's getting ready to fight or to flee. So this is a, a, a built-in mechanism for our bodies for coping with danger or stress in this case. To rest. Rest is about being still. It's about being quiet. It's about calming ourselves down in the midst of our stresses and strains. Because when we're calm and composed, we're able to focus. We can think straight. We can truly focus on God's promises to us. Now, God promises rest to Moses in Exodus 33. It's time when Moses is probably having quite a major crisis of confidence, trying to figure out how he's going to lead his people through the wilderness. I, I feel exactly the same. And in verse 14, Exodus reads, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Another example in the Bible that we see the promise of rest is Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come to me, all of you who are heavy laden and burdened, and I will give you rest. So rest is really important. It's the first step in getting ready, calming ourselves, calming our minds, calming our bodies, so that we're able to focus all of our attention on God. What an amazing piece of practical advice. More than just that, it's a promise for me and it's a promise for you that we will have rest in the Lord. 
In verses 3 and 4, David complains to his enemies. He says, How long will all of you attack or assault me and be ready to throw me down this leaning wall, this tottering fence? So when I've reflected on this verse, these verses, it's actually quite bold. He's calling out those trying to hurt him and bring him down. I'm not sure I've ever been that brave or bold enough to call out those around me that have tried to harm me with their words. That takes quite a lot of courage. But God gives David courage to be bold and call those out that are seeking to harm him. David directly addresses his enemies. Some of the harrowing images we've seen recently in the news this past week in Afghanistan come to my mind. People's lives are in danger, in grave danger, right now. And yet, they are defying their enemy. They did this on Thursday, I think, when they flew the Afghani flag and protesting in the streets amidst gunfire, amidst the Taliban shooting in the air. They're calling out the Taliban and they're standing for what they believe in. Right to live, right to live in peace, right to education, a right to work, a right to basic freedoms, not under violent and murderous rule, with no rights afforded to them, especially if they're women and girls. This image of Sophia, I don't know if you guys remember this from five or six years ago, Sophia Khan. This was a protest in Birmingham against the, uh, it was the English Defence League protesting. And this young lady, Sophia Khan, stood up and confronted a member of the English Defence League in Birmingham. And this is quite a poignant image that sprung to my mind. It went viral at the time. Standing up in the face of our enemies, having courage to do that. Now, we might not have enemies trying to topple us over here in the UK, and we might not be in immediate life-threatening danger like, like people are in Afghanistan right now, and I'm so thankful for that. But I'm sure many of us have dealt with people, colleagues, friends, even family, who say one thing to us, to our face, and another thing behind our backs. Their words and actions don't match up. Perhaps we too have also behaved in this way towards someone else. We're human after all. In verse 5, David renews and refills his confidence in God, telling himself, like he's having this out-of-body experience, he says, yes, my soul, find rest in God. He's telling his soul to find rest in God and giving himself a really good talking to Keep doing what you're doing, he says. Tells himself really earnestly. It's like he's building assurance. It's like he's building layers of protection and assurance. Build, building layers of robust and unshakable strength from God. Because God is his salvation and his fortress. David is telling himself, Keep focused on God. Don't let things distract me right now. Keep focused on God. And it's really important that he's making this declaration to himself. 
Now, I've lost count of how many times in my life I've said to myself, do you know what? It's going to be all right. I've repeated it to myself to build my own confidence and assurance, to make me feel better that maybe I have got a shred of control in the situation. It's going to be all right. But we can't do this life alone. Not without God. We know that's impossible. It's impossible without the cross. Impossible without the blood that was shed for us. I don't know about you, but I find trying to keep my eyes fixed on Jesus all the time is really tough. In fact, it's pretty much impossible. We're tempted all the time with life's distractions, with life's busyness, with life's noise. We're polluted with the noise of life. Even when we decide to trust in God alone, how quickly our energy wanes as humans. When times are good and life is going well, it's easy for me to be distracted and I lose focus on God. I'm inconsistent. Left to our own devices, we can only be inconsistent. In verse 8, David turns to others after making his declaration. He fills himself up with God's assurance and strength. He's teaching others to trust in God at all times. He's telling them to pour out their hearts to him, pour out their joys, pour out their sorrows. He tells them not to worry about people that are tormenting them. But he warns them against greed, against getting distracted with life's temptations, because that's a mistake his enemies make. Instead, he tells them also to put God first and that all their inner security comes from nothing but God. He asks them all to do the same as he's doing, filling himself up with God, because God alone is whom we can trust to be our refuge and our strength. Now, I've turned to this passage many times in times of trouble, in times of difficulty in my life, and it comforts me. It gives me peace. As I've read it and I've reread this psalm, it's become clear to me that David doesn't actually ask God for anything in his time of need. He doesn't ask to be delivered from his enemies, he doesn't ask to be saved. And yet he's in this imminent danger. Instead, he trusts. He trusts. Trust is powerful. Everything we do in our lives is based on trust. As humans, we trust one another. I'm sure many of us have had that trust broken and we have many examples in our lives. Whether that trust is broken by family, by friends, by colleagues, by our employers, by governments, by organisations around us. As humans, we aren't consistent. We may not do it deliberately, because we're not perfect. But David has absolute trust and faith in God. And all throughout this psalm, he's reinforcing that God is his refuge. He tells his enemies, he tells himself, he tells others around him. God is his refuge, his strength, his salvation, 
and he cannot be shaken. If you're anything like me, my immediate reaction is to ask God to rescue me from my situation. I tend to have a whole laundry list of things, a whole laundry list of requests to ask him. David doesn't ask God for anything in the face of his enemies. This psalm is for us all, especially now in such uncertain times. Those storms in our lives, whether they're relationships, finances, jobs, families, poverty, illness, violence around us, the pandemic, the world. This psalm offers us practical advice. Quiet ourselves from the noise. Quiet ourselves from the noise of life that surrounds us so that we can tune in to God, so that we can put our trust in him alone. He alone can give us rest. And he's made that promise of rest to us, to me and to you. He calms us down so that we can focus on him, so that we can rest in him, filled up again with his constant, unshakable and steadfast love. Amen. Thanks for listening to the St. John's Hoxton podcast. New talks will be uploaded every week from all of our services. And do check out our website, stjohnshoxton.org.uk, for more information.